now recording good enough all right hi everyone welcome to the tyranny of thumbs a game club podcast where we just play a game each week and then we talk about it and uh right now we are joined with our lovely crew of six today which is james and linnea up in montreal for whatever reason (laughs) Just uh, she did tell embracing us. the French Canadian. She did tell us, but our listeners don't know why she's up there. <laughs> also, yeah, could you be on, more Adam, specific? Like can we get like a street address or? I like to <laughs> yeah. keep an air of mystery. <laughs> right, you gotta you yeah, gotta maintain you go. that mystique. Linnea is just a a wanderer throughout all. She she has no coast. She's not an east coaster or a middle coaster or a west coaster. She's just an everywhere coast. She's a just French a coaster. Coast. She just coasts just, along. Or alternatively, you put your drink on her. She's a coaster. <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. god. <laughs> do not do this. She is not a stable surface. <laughs> god, that reminds me of, dude, like this, uh, oh god, my condo association. Here's the address. No, but like, it, <laughs> like, they have the worst, worst taste in like safety. Like, it's the definition of like lowest common Wait. denominator safety. So, we have all these taste decks, in right? safety. Safety. No, it's just it's just it's bad. Taste. Like, <laughs> yes. No. Here. Well, we'll find out. Um, but it's like so. We have all these decks, and they have railings. And on the railings, they used to be just a board, like you know, like a like a flat surface, and you could rest something on there, and like a drink, or I don't know, a phone, or like a book, or something. Like when you're thank like, you. I wouldn't there. know what else to put on flat surfaces without your uh, your examples. So thank you. I was going to try. Okay. Like, well, you the certainly couldn't put like a You can't put that on there. Hmm. I'll find a way. Yeah, I'll think about that. But anyways, I'll, I'll um, get around to it later. Yeah. Okay. But but the point is right. It's like you know something that's about drink size, right? It's not like massive, but it's just you know it's on the deck, it's on the railing, whatever. Okay, and so they when they redid the decks, they just decided to like put a rounded surface there just to like stop people from putting stuff on their on the like the railings on the edge of their decks. And so now everyone is just dangerously like putting their cups on this like rounded surface, and it's become like ten times more dangerous. And I can like look up and I can like see people, and I'm like, oh my god, like look at that. That's a beer bottle. And it's like half like leaning off the edge because there's like no way to get it flat anymore. And it's just like, it's lame. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. I feel like that's I not know, the condo totally association bad. having poor taste and safety so much as just the people having poor judgment. Like it, the condo association yeah. fucked up, but like these people are like, this is fine. Yeah. yeah. No, but like, I just wish I could like leave a glass that like I, I, I yearn for the old good past right back in the good old days where you could just put back when america was great yeah now i have to bring out like Mm. a like a like a table Mm. you know i have to bring out something Mm. to to put my (laughs) is is, is, is james just trying to trigger adam is that what's happening today we lasted three minutes without a provocation from james I was thinking. I was thinking that we had a new record of McCoy derailing the podcast before even getting announced. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Wait. So is that McCoy over there who's doing that? No, it's the, it's the mystery voice. <laughs> right. We haven't introduced him. Yes. Exactly. Well, if you haven't already heard, that is McCoy over there with his uh, lovely friend Gabe. Hi, Gabe. Hello. Gabe has nothing to say most of the time, and for that, we thank him. 
<laughs> yeah, there's too Most of the time when being introduced. Right. He has yeah, I don't want to be that, like that's the, Yeah, I get that. That's the main thing. Few people do. And then there. finally, we've got Adam. <laughs> Adam over there on his central coast. Because that DM. is where he Copyright. is, and that is where I've deemed him. <laughs> do you guys think that one's going to be funny someday? <laughs> like, if we like, make it all the way around. Damn. <laughs> God, that's so cool. What the fuck? I don't know why. I'm just attacking people. Oh, now my today, God. But... Oh, my God. <laughs> McCoy's starting off strong. Today, <laughs> the yeah. thing is that we don't actually know. We do have the powers in Discord to just like mute him or kick him from the server if we want, right? It's true. Yeah, I can't believe I gave his mic. That power. And I would say he would edit himself back in, but you know what? He doesn't edit this thing. So, right? Right? <laughs> does it really matter? Also, the problem is if you kick him, you kick me as well, but that's fine. So that's why he has you there as protection so we don't kick him. It's true. I also had to play the. I had to play the first half of the game for him too. That's true. I think that's that's probably why I'm so feisty right now is because I'm just trying to regain some of my sort of, I guess, uh, power after playing that game. (laughs) Just like scared, like he was like sitting there playing it like just casually, and I was just sitting there and like peeping through like you know like a blind, you know, like in another room, like looking over, like being like, "Safe friends, what game is it that we're talking about?" Well, it's so glad you asked, Adam. In fact, let me get right into it. All right, old sport. <laughs> okay. okay. I don't. Let's I don't know where that character it. came from. It's too close to Bioshock <laughs> Infinite. I wouldn't risk it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, as our uh, second installment of the Spooky Games Month for the Tyranny of Thumbs, we decided to kind of go into the. What I would say is the more traditional scary game, of at least what I think of when I think of scary video games. And this week we played Layers of Fear, which was uh, released in 2016 by what I think is arguably the best developer team name, Bloober Games. That's just so fun to say, like, Bloober. Bloober Games. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so it's a psychological walking simulator, um, just about a painter struggling to create his uh, career-defining artwork while exploring his house and discovering, you know, all the events that had transpired there. Um, And yeah, so like when I was thinking about spooky games, you know, of course, the first thought that came to mind for me was um, Amnesia, The Dark Descent, which was my first encounter with the horror genre of the hood up playing in the dark kind of spooky game like where you're you know surround sound headphones and get you know the shit scared out of you and um you know i guess amnesia is more of that it's it's a walking simulator but it is also more of a survival survival horror game and then i recall uh, what I would think is, you know, a game changer in walking simulators as a horror game. And that would be PT, which was released in 2014, I think, which was just a little, I mean, it was just a trailer for the sadly now canceled Silent Hills, um, which was just kind of proved that there could be a terrifying game where all you do is walk around. And, That is almost what 
Layers of Fear is like. It is a walking simulator uh, with one or two puzzles at most, but also for the most part, it's a lot of walking around your house with a lot of pointless interaction, much like uh, Tacoma that we played. Much earlier. like my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey. Can we repost that to Suicide by Words? <laughs> Subreddit. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. But yeah, so like, you know, a lot of people think that like the pointless interaction drew them away. Like they, they think that kind of takes away from the horror aspect of mini games. But I think it really added to this game. And I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on just the gameplay in general with Layers of Fear. So I see what you're saying with like the pointless interaction. Like there's a lot of rooms where there's nothing. Um, there's no spooks, there's no scares, there's no, like, collectibles, it's just, like, a hallway. Um, so, like, to note, like, almost the entire game is walking through hallways. Um, they definitely pulled from PT, which I haven't played, but I knew it was referencing that regardless. Um, but, like, it's mostly hallways, and, like, you enter a room and then exit the room, um, either through the same door you entered or, or through another door, and it's just mostly the thoroughfares, like, studies and whatever. Um, and some of them are totally empty and there's nothing spooky going on at all. Um, and I think that's actually really important. Those are my favorite ones. <laughs> 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 like if, if you have it ratcheted up all the way, all the time, then people get super habituated to things. Uh, but this game did a pretty good job of keeping people, uh, like, like it kept you off balance, um, because you didn't really know what to expect for the first, I don't know, two hours. Um, and then for the next two to three hours, you had figured out all of their tricks and you would be like, hey, when I turn around, what am I going to see? Is it going to be a ghost or a scary, scary painting? Um, but in any case, uh, the way they varied the cadence of the scares, um, like that was pretty well done. The, the negative space makes this game a lot better than it otherwise would have been. Yeah, and I, I'll kind of add on to that. Like, one thing that I thought this game did really well is, uh, in addition, is that, um, you know, you're, you're walking through these hallways and through these rooms, but the layout of the house is constantly changing because you're kind of embodying your player character artist who has a few, you know, few mental issues of his own. And so as a way to kind of personify his... Uh, his delirium and his just ins overall insanity, you know, you'll you'll turn into a hallway and then you'll turn around and suddenly where you came from isn't what it looked like before. And so, you know, hallways are constantly shifting. Doors that led to one thing uh, a moment ago are now leading to a completely different one. Um, sometimes you find yourself in a room with four walls and there's no doors in sight and you have to kind of constantly be circling until, you know, suddenly a door appears or a hallway opens up. And I thought that was really cool because it's like the the setting of the house feels very contained. And yet because they keep on shifting the hallways and changing the scenery beyond the doors that you open and close, it really puts you off kilter and really makes you feel that uneasiness while at the same time also feeling like you know where you're going, which I thought was really cool. I think that the environmental storytelling in this game, the non-environmental actual storytelling in this game, and um, was just altogether really 
well done. Huh. Um, I was, I, I thought that, um, <clears throat> that it, it, it achieved its purpose. <clears throat> um, uh, that's not to say I had any fun in any of this game because I really <laughs> hate scary games and I got really scared a lot. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I think that, that they, you know, I, I applaud their, their effort to, and, and, and the fact that they successfully pulled off what they did. Yeah, and like the the story is revealed in, you know, in I guess three different ways. You know, you have um as you're walking about the house, you'll pick up notes or newspaper clippings, um notes that are either written by your wife or by yourself or, you know, by your agent or, you know, you'll pick up newspaper clippings that inform you of the events that have already happened. Um so that's one way that you can kind of piece together the story. And then another one is uh, from the whispers, which are objects that you pick up that once you pick it up, has a short little um, cutscene of sorts, which is, you know, the artist talking to somebody or, or another, um, which just, you know, again, reveals a little bit more of the story. And I mean, it's no... It's no mystery. Like, I really like games where you have to piece together the narrative and by picking up those context clues and the more you pick up, the more that story makes sense to you or does not. Um, you know, those that that's, of course, my bread and butter. It's what I loved about Dear Esther. It's what I like about this game a lot. Um, it's just that, you know, discovery factor that this game has in addition to just walking about the house. Yeah, I think that really serves itself well to the walking simulator genre. Just that whole concept of just like it, it, it you know, actually, I, I think this maybe entire genre, although maybe excluding this game or maybe including this game, depending how intense you are. But I think it all really fits uh, VR because like VR is kind of like the way you want to approach this game. It's like the the house itself the the setting you're in is super immersive and you are just walking around it looking at everything just trying to soak it in and i think this game does a really good job at doing a lot of subtle things like and rewarding you for looking at stuff and looking up and looking down and looking around and looking inside drawers or whatever else uh but i just i think like these walking simulator games where it really is about like immersing yourself in it and, you know, with a scary game, it's hard. You, the more you immerse yourself, the more scared you run the risk of getting. But if you're willing to immerse yourself and look around, it'll reward you. And I just, I can't help but think that would be amazing to be able to pick up these objects and just look at them. I, I think maybe more in, like, Tacoma or something like that than this. This game didn't have too, too many objects. But just the, if, if you're really getting at, like, the walking simulator is, like, trying to get in that world and then sort of putting the pieces together of what is this world and where is it taking me and you want to do your best to walk down every hallway if you can and look under, you know, turn over every leaf. Like, that's just such a great, uh, like, such a great thing that could be used in the medium of, of VR. So, I don't know. I'm excited to see, like, I haven't played a walking simulator in VR. And, yes, I know, like, the the main <laughs> core problem with VR is actually the walking part. So, that's a little awkward. But um, 
the simulator part it does really really well so i don't know i don't know has anyone played any of these types of games in vr or even played vr at all um i've been to a vr lounge thing uh where you can just like rent a vr like a booth for a little while yeah i think this kind of thing would probably work okay with that like you you don't have the like slow motion traversal because that makes a lot of people sick um but you do have like point and teleport is usually how they do movement in those games yeah the movement part's the weird part but outside of that like i remember when i was at like i was at like a microsoft store or something nonsense like is in like the mall next to me or something and i remember like putting on the vr headset i mean like this is kind of cool or whatever and i was like shooting snowballs for some themed snowball game or whatever and they're like oh try something else and i was trying this other game and i picked up this object in this world that was like a mechanics workshop and i picked up one of the tools and just like looked at it and was able to like move it in my hand in the actual game as well and like turn it around and look upside down and look at it from different angles and i was like positioned it in the light so i could see it properly and then brought it up to my face and i was just like holy shit like this is exactly what these walking simulators want to be able to do for you they want you to pick up these special objects look at them and gain extra significance you know, like, like that is exactly what they want. They want you to be like on your knees, like looking underneath a table to see if there's anything that fell underneath that, you know, is sitting there. So I don't know. I, I kept playing this game and thinking to myself, okay, I would probably be literally too scared in VR. Like this is too much for me, but for a game like Tacoma or whatever, like, or even Dear Esther, like, oh my God, it'd be so amazing. It'd be so amazing. It's interesting that you thought that your exploration in this game was rewarded because I felt the opposite. I started out opening all the cabinets and drawers that I could find, and I kept getting disappointed that I didn't really find much that I could pick up. Like there was a bunch of stuff in the drawers and in the cabinets, but I couldn't pick them up. And so I started getting frustrated and also had a hard time telling which things I could even interact with. Um, There are specific things that would flash at you meaning that they were key items. But for a lot of the papers, I just started getting frustrated. Like, is this a paper that I can pick up? No? Okay. How about this one? No? Okay. How about this one? Yes? Finally. Um, And that continued until I finally just kind of gave up looking through things because I got too frustrated. Um, It also didn't help that I struggled with the controls. Um, I found them very clunky because um, of the click and drag to open doors and drawers and etc. And I kept trying to like open doors and funking them into my invisible body. (laughs) Um, Whereas um, in Tacoma, which I also played, um, it was really nice to be able to pick up pretty much everything and look at it, whether or not it really related to the story that the game was trying to tell. Um, And it made me, the layers of fear made me miss just click to interact interactions. Mm. I feel like the click and drag function is really buggy for sure. Like I know I really struggled. Like there's a one room where you have a phonograph and you have to like crank it. And I think I cranked, I, I, I felt like I was cranking the phonograph to get it to go. And in reality, my hand was just moving back and forth, not doing shit. So like, yeah. that is definitely 
an aspect. Like, I wonder... Like, I, I feel like they wanted that function because solely for the opening and closing doors in and out of the room because you kind of want people to have that kind of peeking aspect of like you know oh god what's beyond this door mm-hmm. and so i could see why they might want to have it there um however i didn't understand why they needed to have that for every single cabinet and drawer like if there is a way i would improve this game it would just be having everything be automatic except for the doors um and see it's interesting. i feel like that would keep the effect that you want see i i actually i i see what you're saying and i so I, okay so first gabe played this for the first half and then the second half i played and i actually played on controller and i actually think it worked really nice on controller so i'm curious because it's like you have less range of motion maybe than a mouse or i don't know why but it's just it was easy it was like very obvious like everything was just left to right on the the joystick so maybe that's like hmm. more of what their vision was but I, I i think it really does lend itself to what they were trying to go for this game like i'm not saying it's like crucial but like if you look at um like the elevator right like the cl- opening and closing of that door but then also the like pulling of the the sort of do you want to go up or down and there they also had these big light switches that weren't just like click light switches they were like these like big like almost like breaker style like you pull them all the way down and they click like light stuff and i think they were really trying to go for like you want to feel the movement of that as you do it because like i'm thinking like you know if you compare that to the light switch like i think it was much more satisfying to like actually like move the thing and you could hear the noises of it like moving and clicking into place so yeah it's it's a little strange for like a good just us a million dressers but I, I think they wanted you to like have that a little bit more tactile feel when you're interacting with stuff. And I, I could see them for that. Yeah, I think the tactile feel tactile feel like bit improve or is like a reasonable thing that one might do to improve things just because it like it brings you into the game world a little bit more. And I think the way they could have ameliorated the issue with the million cabinets was just to have more density because like this should have been like an hour and a half two hour game in my opinion and it just kept going like they have a bunch of empty rooms and i mentioned that's not exactly a problem um but they just keep going and going and going and like you figure out all their tricks with their scares and you've got all these empty cabinets that just become a chore to open and like they could have condensed all of this and had you know a few empty drawers because you got to have that um negative space to make the positive space work uh but it was like 10% of the drawers actually had something in them is what it felt like. Yeah. That's why I give up. (laughs) And like all of them, like the other objects in there aren't even really all that interesting. It's just like, you've got like military metals and pipes and like, um, like smoking pipes and like just papers and the hair, that same hairbrush that was everywhere. And like, (laughs) it was okay. And I don't fault them for not doing what Tacoma did because Tacoma, must have taken like a heroic amount of effort to make yeah. all of that modelable and and work well and stuff um and that's just it's like no one should really be asking anyone to do that but if you're not going to do that you should work around that uh and they just kind of didn't in this game there's just too much too much empty space particularly with regards to like looking in cabinets Yeah, I mean, I, it didn't know. seem that much of a big deal when you're just trying to go as quickly as possible through everything. <laughs> when you're fast hobbling. <clears throat> hey, right, exactly. James, I, have a, 
Yeah. I have a quick question for you, James. Yeah. Um, so I actually started doing similar to what you were doing. Um, there's the, there's the wife that shows up occasionally, the ghost. Um, and if you walk into the ghost, uh, she murders you and it actually advances the game for you. Um, and because I was done with this game after about the two hour mark, um, every time I saw the ghost, I was like, fuck yeah. And I ran into that lovely embrace of death, um, <laughs> which I actually only figured out was death from the achievement name, um, that told you that you died for the first time. And I was like, oh, that's what that was. But, uh, in any case, did you actually start chasing after that ghost for that sweet, sweet release? I mean, I didn't really feel like I had to chase after it. I just like walked down hallways and I was like, oh, there's the really scary ghost thing. And then she would like grab me and like do the jump scare for the third time. And I would get scared for the third time. (laughs) And and then, uh, yeah, I mean, like I, I did, I guess, chase after her in that I would like keep walking forward i wouldn't run away Um, so what what painting did you have at the end what did your end look like should we do that should we go through so yeah so just as a preface there's three different endings that you can get from this game um there's a um there i guess there's like the neutral ending or like the loop ending um the selfish ending and the family ending and I'll let you guys figure out which ending you got based off of those descriptions. So I have no I got idea. the family ending, which apparently you get like points towards the family ending, which is like it seems to me to be like the good ending because it's like there's a selfish ending where you just like, ah, oh, yes, I am beautiful or whatever. I didn't look at what that one looked like. But there's the loop ending, which is like you remain insane and you keep painting forever. And then like the selfish ending and the family ending are like terminals, like terminuses, terminating endings. Um is not so so i got the family ending which is funny because it it like apparently you get points toward that by like getting killed by your wife a lot um and then in the end you end up self-immolating and so it's like committing suicide is good Mm, and that's a little strange i never really saw it as him committing suicide by walking into the ghost because the ghost is your wife And, like, the whole, like, all of the scribbles, like, all the sayings on the wall are clearly your own demented thoughts. And, like, when you see her, you know, the first thing that comes across the wall is, like, avoid her. Which, like, is actually what he did in life. Like, you know, she got disfigured from a department store fire and he no longer saw her as beautiful and then just got really engrossed in his work and, like, would avoid her because she wasn't as beautiful as she was um, before the fire. And so, like, to me, I kind of saw it as, like, I don't know, walking towards her trying to reconcile, just kind of be like, love me, I'm sorry, and then she just kills you. Invariably, she kills you. But but then the game progresses. Like, that's the thing. The game progresses after she kills you. So, like, the first time that she killed me and I realized I didn't die, I kind of moved a little bit forward because of that. I was just like, oh, well, maybe she'll get less and less aggressive the more I walk into her, which uh, did not happen. But, like, I guess because of that, because you choose to, like, confront your wife when all of the signs around you 
talk about you avoiding your wife, you know, there's also the telephone that's like, you know, why won't you talk to me? And I'm like, I am trying to. You just snap my neck every time. <laughs> like, honey. But, um. Stop it, honey. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Quit with As all the neck breaking. It's rude. As an aside, um. I played this with Brandon. We both played it in the dark, um, him watching over my shoulder. And it was just really funny because you just kind of watch a relationship deteriorating before your eyes. And then we're just kind of looking at each other like, don't do this to me. Don't you dare do this to me. <laughs> but the, but like the, the best part, though, was like at the very beginning, you pick up like the engagement ring. And there's a really cringy cutscene where he's like, the thought alone that the most glorious piece of art doesn't have my name on it is killing me. So oh, will God, you marry me? So and gross. I just turned to Brandon and I was just like, thank God you didn't propose to me like that because I would have just slapped you. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the character in this is just a, like, all around kind of a piece of shit. And, like, I uh, I have opinions on the on its portrayal of basically everyone in this game. But like, okay, we talked earlier about how a lot of games don't do like a lot of horror games in particular, like don't treat certain issues well or carefully. Like particularly, you know, ableism and um, like mental health stuff. Like you know, the main character is like uh, missing a leg; he's an amputee, and the wife is disfigured, and the main character is an alcoholic and also schizophrenic, and the wife has her own unspecified mental health, whatever's happening, and like. Um, it's just like, they, they kind of shotgunned a bunch of like, these people are crazy and disturbed, like at the wall and like, and I know that this is common in horror, but like, can we get better at that, please? Like schizophrenics aren't like violent and abusive necessarily. And like disfigured people. And like, why, why is the main character have an amputated leg? Like this doesn't add anything. It's just like. It does. Using it adds oh. creepiness to you walking around. Yeah, that hobble. I mean sort of like the unsteadiness, sure, but like they could have gotten that with a number of other things or just like had that like increase the heads, but I don't know. It felt like they were particularly schizophrenia, I guess. That's the biggest one because they like seem to just use it as a tool to have lots of lots of spookins. Every time you open a door, oh it's different, I, I gotcha. Um, we're like, oh, there's, there's fucking baby heads everywhere. Is it real? Is it not? I don't know, man. Um, and I it's didn't like, really, I guess I never looked at that as them, like, at least when it came to the, to the leg, um, I kind of saw that as the developer's attempt at, um, kind of muddying up the, the the storyline a bit to the point where you don't know what ailments belong to which people because like yeah. one of the first things you encounter in like the basement is a report card that says like oh like you're excused from you're you're excused from pe and like you also pick up a uh like a a doctor's bill that says like, oh yeah, one below knee prosthetic, and you write in scrawling letters why they fuck up the length. Um, and so like, for a while, I thought it was the kid that 
had an amputated leg just because why would an adult man keep a report card of his in the basement just sitting on a table but um i don't know i just kind of saw that as their attempt at just to kind of make the storyline a little more ambiguous because also like you know you, you also pick up a questionnaire for schizophrenia and to be honest you don't know like off the bat like if it's talking about the wife or it's talking about the husband. Um, like, it it does, like, pretty much it will end up talking about the husband. But I think it was just left there to be ambiguous as to which ailments belong to which characters. But then they're still using it just as, like, a bludgeon, right? It's like they're using this as a tool without meaningfully engaging with the topic. And someone kind of pointed out to me, maybe I'm expecting entertainment to be art too much. Um, but, like... I don't know. It's it feels weird to me that they are just using these things as tools when these are like things that impact real people. Um, and think... this feeds back into that in some ways. Like this kind of sloppy portrayal of these things is. But I think it also is a testament to like. I, I think, in a way, it can also reflect our own. Like I, I feel like reasons why scary games will often portray mental health in such grotesque ways, and I'm not going to say it's right for them to do so, but I feel like a lot of games do that because they want the player to kind of feel that alarm of, like, what if this were me? Like, just the thought alone of, like, God, what if I was going crazy? Like, this would be terrifying. Like... I don't think it's meant to, I guess, be like a bastardization of the mental health, but it's just kind of the thought of like the uneasiness of like, eh, I don't really like that. I, you know, the experience of, you know, of of portraying this, I don't, I don't really like that. And, you know, it, like, like I said, it's maybe not like, I feel like some games in some ways do not um, approach that the correct way, but like, I don't know, like, to me, I felt like it's a really real fear to, like, I don't know, have your face, like, have have your face horribly disfigured in a fire to the point where, like, your even your husband can't even look at you. Like, I didn't really see that as, like, oh, man, they're, like, this game is against people with burn scars. But really, I just kind of thought of, like, oh, that's a shitty thing that I like I'm currently looking at being experienced but I don't want to experience that. Like it's that kind of uneasiness that um that I think games try to get at rather than try to put it on display and be like ooh spooky. Like it's really I think the internal feeling that they want to experience. Well, I, <clears throat> I totally agree with that. Um but I I do think that it's uh wrong of games to play on mental illness as like a thing that we should be afraid of having ourselves like mental illness sucks right but like portraying it as the thing that that it you know that everybody's afraid of is um not helping helping yeah yeah but um, i think it might also be legitimate to be afraid of that like if you take the other side as in i think for me personally like i've always 
you know, like, uh, whatever, like I'll, you know, I'll drink from now and again, but I never get like blackout drunk because the concept of losing control of myself to that regard scares me to no end. Like it literally chills me to the absolute bone. Cause I, I kind of feel like the existence of being a human and not an animal is that in theory you have control over this thing. And I, I do have a legitimate fear of losing control over this thing. And I think that's kind of what a game like this is going for, especially when it deals with quote crazy is it deals with the fear of losing control of this thing being your body and your mind. And that's freaking more of the issue to me. I think more of the issue to me is the disingenuous portrayal of schizophrenia. Like schizophrenia is not like going through doors and then the doors change places. You know, it's not that it's not, getting lost in a in a mansion because like you can't go through like the same door twice and get to the same place it's not uh you know seeing hallucinations of your dead child like that's just not what that disease does to you a friend of mine pointed out like that I think a better target for this game would have maybe, or like a better target for the the room fuckery that they were doing would have been like Alzheimer's or something. Like, I mean, or it's just weird fucked up shit. And also you're an alcoholic. Like they also could have gotten away with it because canonically this game takes place in the Cthulhu mythos. (laughs) Um, Yeah. There was a book in the beginning. That's like, is the portrait of Dorian Gray real? Like, is it more than just a story? And you flip it over and it's like from the professor at the Miskatonic university. And maybe they were just like trying to be cheeky because they like, like Lovecraft for some reason and wanted to include that as like a, Hey, thanks Lovecraft for writing these stories that, weren't good and also for being i don't know i have opinions on lovecraft which you may notice (laughs) cthulhu is also a word you could have entered on the ouija board and like it would have like done a really spooky like demon baby thing like if you typed in the name cthulhu on the ouija board huh wait you mean uh fun fact uh what was it uh three six three eight five three but was not the correct uh, answer from there. Okay, fine. I mean, I accept that. I Doesn't just feel don't right, get it. But yeah. I, I think, is it possible that we're taking this, the experiences in this game, like, just like, like, I guess to me, like, ridiculously too literally? Like, I guess I'm saying, like, I don't think they were trying to say, like, everything you're about to experience in this game is going to be schizophrenia, like, go. Like, oh, I don't... absolutely. Well, I totally agree. No, cer- certainly but they not, didn't need to but, put the word in there. But like the word like, is also the definition from the outside in. Like, you know, as in like it's the diagnosis that you get, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's exactly what you have either. Like there's I, also that I mean, disconnect too, where you're like, I'm not even well, sure if this really fits. But the fact really that they put me. that in there is irresponsible then. Right. Like they didn't because need it's perpetuating to perpetuating falsehoods. They didn't need to even mention schizophrenia and the the game wouldn't have had a different impact in my opinion yeah like when i mean, saying it's irresponsible i think yeah i i think the game probably like the the game was showing like the i guess very textbook examples of schizophrenia you know like apparitions of mice that aren't actual or 
rats that aren't even there to kind of show like delusions and like arguably doors changing course you know could be seen as short-term memory loss both which are symptoms of schizophrenia i mean it is very by the book schizophrenia it doesn't give it's a not, very though it's well well short-term memory and delusions are are symptoms of schizophrenia like that's also what was shown in the static speaks my name from last week and so like i guess but the, i to you know to your guys's point like it doesn't show a very humanizing look of schizophrenia. It doesn't show the everyday schizophrenic. It shows a very by the book, checks all the boxes schizophrenic um, to a very say, extreme extent. I would say it's showing like a, a caricature. It's not like a by the book exactly. It's like the kind of schizophrenic that you would see in other horror media. It's like, I wonder if they did research on, I wonder if they talked to schizophrenics. I wonder if they went out and like, hey, can you tell us what your experience is like? Um, I wonder if they did research on this or if they just used it as a tool. And I suspect they very much just used it as a tool. Because it, it isn't right, humanizing. That's, it's pathologizing that is like, it. It's demonizing that is a it's it's a fault of a lot of horror genres for sure. Yeah, that you know it's it's seen and yeah, like, I, I'm and not I do exactly think it's important to be this like game. And I'm indicting the genre because it like yeah. they all keep doing this and it's like stop fucking stop. Like the static speaks my name was like maybe very slightly better about it, but like not at all really. Like it the the bad part about that was the, the depression. But then it's like, ah, you got a guy locked up in a cage. Remember, kids, be afraid of people who have mental illnesses. Don't talk to your therapist. Don't go get medicated. It's bad. Like. Right. And, like, yeah, unfortunately, like, I feel like the game, like, that wasn't the focus for the developers for this game. And, and that's to say that, like, by labeling it as schizophrenia and then using those very extreme terms throughout the game, like, yes, that is irresponsible. And, like, you know, I genuinely believe that the developers came to this being like, let's make a creepy game about incorporating art. Like, I could see just all of these guys as being, like, huge art history fanatics because just of all of the different portraits in there and the fact that they also submitted, like original artwork for the game that was shown throughout the entire uh the entire game like and yeah like the fact that they demonize mental illness yeah that's not cool um and i'm i think there could have been better ways to approach to approach the subject matter without either like a like labeling it um for one or b just giving a more humanizing look but i think the fact that they went for horror like you know unfortunately it is a very nasty trope that is in a lot of horror genres right now of just mental illness equals bad yeah but you know i just i kind of stand by that i i think like and again it's it's i feel like games horror games do that to make the player feel uneasy but it doesn't do people with actual mental illnesses justice like it doesn't do actual schizophrenics justice in doing so it definitely caters to the 
sound-minded gamer in that aspect. Also, I feel like it's kind of cheap. Like, I get that horror is hard. It's hard to, like, you know, spook people in these ways. And this game, I think, was almost just like a study in how many ways can we get you. Because, like, like I mentioned before, the first, like, hour and a half, two hours of the game were pretty good because they kept you off balance and, like... They do all the, they they do all the tricks. Things suddenly appearing behind you. Uh, they got the soundtrack in there. They got horror.wav that they play every time something gets you. Um, and you know they've got creepy dolls. Creepy dolls. They've got you know rats. They've got um, like there's a number pianos. of different ways they'll they've scare got you. Pianos. That Paintings. was the scariest <laughs> fucking Paintings. piano. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, was... thanks Mario sixty four. We're all afraid of pianos now. Thanks. <laughs> Fuck that That's piano, exactly dude. what I thought when that piano was. Huh. I was like, "Oh, Mario sixty four. Wow. That was that was my first scream with this game. Was the piano <laughs> with the was, with the lid close slamming on you? Yeah. Oh God, I'm I so literally glad. I screamed. I'm so glad I listened to this. Like, I we were listening in headphones, and we listened. To, I like just turned mine a little quiet, just because I really get startled by loud noises, and I fucking knew. I fucking knew there was going to be a loud noise, and the second there was, I was like. <gasps> I'm so glad I turned the headphones down. Thank God. Because that literally would have just, I think, ripped my face out, like my spine out from my body, and I would have just fallen over. Um, although, like, is that going- scary, though? Like, that's an interesting. Loud noises? Used, uh, is that what you mean? Well, you said that you were startled. Yes. And I think that's an interesting word to use because startled is not scared. And I didn't think this game was particularly scary. I didn't enjoy playing it, but I also, it didn't make me afraid. I just knew that there was going to be a bunch of jump scares, so I eventually just turned the sound off because I was like, I don't want to get startled. I don't want the equivalent of someone coming up behind me with cymbals and crashing them, so I jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, But it this didn't, game... like, chill me to the bone. Mm-hmm. This game, like, so, okay, little aside about my apartment building. Um, <laughs> the door to my, my unit um like when i let it like when i go through the door in ingress and i release the handle the door will go back into repose against the frame um but it doesn't actually click shut and it has like a pretty powerful spring in there like to push the bolt into the the locking mechanism um so it will just kind of rest there for i don't know 15 minutes half an hour and then at some point randomly in there i'll just hear this click um behind me and like that was what this game like that happened while i was playing this game at one point and i was like that was actually just as effective as a a jump scare as like most of the rest of this game like my apartment does this to me for free all the time (laughs) like without your it's it's about as good at it yeah yeah like it does it's all the same things this game's doing except there isn't creepy dolls involved i will admit that my upstairs neighbors did drop something at one point in time and i freaked them fuck out like just lost my (laughs) goddamn fucking mind because it, it sounded like one of those thumps, right? That's like, you know, supposed to be spatial and around. Um, and it was just like, it was so directional. Like, I'm wondering if that's part of what freaks you out about the lock. Is like, you know, these headphones, they try to be directional as best they can. But when it's actually behind you and up, you're like, oh my fucking God. Like, that's mis- like unmistakable. It's right there. Anyways. Yeah, I think the funniest story of the scares in this game, to me, was what I saw through the i guess like the steam notifications because it was like 
like James Harold is playing uh, Layers of Fear. And then it was like, Linnea is playing Layers of Fear. And it was like, Adam's playing Layers of Fear. It was like, oh, we're all playing Layers of Fear. And then it's like, James is playing Destiny 2. And I was like, that motherfucker got scared. <laughs> 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 like right away. And I was like, I totally get that. I totally get that. <laughs> Especially because it was yeah. late. And probably I eventually, I actually oh, eventually started scared. like not getting scared because it was just like, I, I learned their tricks. And I was actually on another Discord uh, server talking to my friends, and I was like, so, okay, I walked up to a window, and there's, like, blinking lights on the other side, and I was like, okay, so they clearly want me to be looking at this, which means they've changed something behind me. Any bets on what it is? And someone's like, I think it's just going to be a different room when you turn around. And I'm like, I bet it's going to be a ghost. And I turn around, and it's like, there's the lady. Yeah, I got it. Ghost. Nailed it. Three points for me. Mm-hmm. It and it's could like, have been both. <laughs> yeah. Can I spoil an Agatha Christie book for all y'all? Sure. Okay. I don't know. That seems pretty recent. Uh, is everyone okay with Agatha Christie <laughs> being spoiled for us? I actually don't even know who that okay. is. Agatha Christie? Yeah. You know who Agatha Christie is? The queen of, like, murder mysteries. Hmm. She's, like, written the most murder mysteries of all time, like, for one person. And is, like, the best-selling author second to the Bible. What? That's an amazing... Yeah. Uh, accolade <laughs> that's yeah, pretty good right? like she's incredible she's written so many things her play the mouse trap was like the longest running play on broadway hmm. you mean it wasn't it might have gotten uh... beat out by now but like hmm. okay yeah anyway yeah, i think the simpsons is the longest running play on broadway yeah i would have thought um, it would have been wicked no wait no it's different no those are musicals that's a musical <laughs> oh yeah i don't know anything plays. no music i do know that wicked so please is really spoil agatha christie okay. for us okay. so this is an example of something that of a story, a book that truly chilled me to the bone when I read it. It was called The Murder of Roger Ackroyd. It's one of her more well-known stories. It's a Hercule Poirot mystery. Poirot is one of, is her most famous character. He's a Belgian detective. The Murder of Roger Ackroyd is told in first person um, from the perspective of a dude whose friend gets murdered. So you're reading this book and you're like, okay, like, here's all the details of the murder, here's what happens, blah, 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 the story goes on. At the very end of the book, Poirot confronts the narrator of the murder. And you realize, oh, fuck, this guy has been lying to me the entire time. This narrator, whose thoughts I have been reading, has been lying to me. Who can I trust if not the narrator? Hmm. And like that, when I read that, I put down the book and like was afraid to read another book for a while because how am I supposed to trust a narrator if even the narrator can lie? And that's what I wanted this game to be. And I was kind of disappointed um, because I didn't feel like there was anything that truly really spooked me down to the core (laughs) because it was all just jump scares. And I was like, okay, here's like another dude who's abusive and off his rocker I've seen that before but nothing really like nothing changed my frame of reference it didn't like yeah it didn't change my worldview my perception of reality didn't shift ever I kind of agree and wish to kind of add on that like the jump scares in this like very frequently had nothing to do whatsoever with like what was going on like there's the one where like you walk into a room it's like a study and like a rat scurries and and 
runs into the fire. And if you wait, it just keeps doing that. It's like, hey, come over here. Look at this painting, buddy. And I'm like, ah, fine. And you go up and it's like, oh, boo, haha, horror.wav, and the painting melts. And you're just like, okay, well, you got me. And you turn around, and there's the man made of books. And he's like, boo, haha, gotcha, double gotcha. And the man made of books flies at you. And it's like, wait, hold on. Man made of books? Like, how does. Yeah, it was like a man-shaped thing reaching for you made out of spare books and then they all physics ragged all that Yeah, jam. James, it was next to the audio I log. I think they were just supposed to be... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just dropped so god. I mean, yeah, if you were, skip that today. one. I'm sorry. If you were fleeing through this game, like, you, uh, like, you wouldn't have seen yeah. it because it's like, this is a scary thing, obviously, so you just don't touch it, right? Right. No, yeah, I mean, probably. That's probably what happened. Yeah. I just... Sorry, go ahead, man. But, like, in any my, case, my... it's just like... My story of this game is fuck this game, fuck this game, ah, fuck this game, fuck yep. this game. Oh my <laughs> god, no, please. So, um, <laughs> but like, how many, how many, how many, like the spooks and scares and like weirdo things happening? Like ah, everything's floating up around you, and like how much of this like actually ties into things? Like they they had like fire could have been a thing that they like played on as like a thing to fear, and there was like two, maybe three instances where they invoked fire as a motif. And, like, rats were a motif, but, like, it's just, like, they don't really tie into any of the rest of it. Um, there's, like, a, a squeaking rats, and, like, they, okay. Um, and so like, like the main character isn't afraid of fire. His wife would probably be afraid of fire because she's the one who got burned. Sure. He probably doesn't um, care. He only cares about his obsession with painting. Sure. Um, but, like, I don't know. I feel like they... they weren't using their scares to any ends and again this is maybe maybe the end is just to scare people most likely the end is just to scare people and some people like that and that's fine they did a they did a bang up job for the first bit uh doing that and it kept going um but like you know who i kind of like wanted that? <laughs> hmm. is it linnea yeah no it's me oh i don't like that oh interesting oh my also, god also me but yeah. so like I'm just going to interject and just say, like, I'm one of the people who really like the scares of this game. In fact, it's why I recommended this game. Hmm. And I think the fact that, you know, they're not some prolific scare, like, that doesn't matter to me. I thought there was some really cool stuff. Like, I honestly like the idea of, like, being in a room with four walls and suddenly, like, you know you don't know where you're going and then a hallway opens up and it's dark with a flickering light and you have to walk forward and you're like, oh God, that looks like, that's terrifying. Uh, there is a particular scene in a study where there's a ringing phone and you don't know where it's coming from and you're looking all around and you don't quite know what's happening and then you look up and you yep. realize that there's this huge expanse up there and, you know, a baby doll falls on the ground to try to scare you. But really, it's just kind of that yep. like awe of like, oh, there's more to this room than what I thought. Like, I swear I looked up there and there wasn't anything. Like, I thought the game's transitions from one room to another um, or just, like, you know, changing the room in a subtle way to where you look in a certain way and suddenly the wall's not there. Like, I really like that. And I think, like, honestly, one of, like, the... You know, it's not a scare, but one of the parts that I really like the most is when you're in the child's playroom and you you turn on the little music box and, you know, the game takes a hold of you. So, you know, you're all, you're along for a ride that the game's going to take you on. You're you're in no control and you're just kind of going on this carousel and there's like a nursery rhyme being painted on the wall 
and toys are flitting about the room and it's all colorful and then suddenly it gets really dark and suddenly you see all these baby dolls doing really creepy things as you're rotating around. And then finally, like, yeah, there's this nursery rhyme being painted on the wall and then it will turn and there's these baby baby parts that are far in the distance and then another part of the nursery rhyme goes and then you look and the baby parts are getting closer. And just that whole sequence for me was just so cool because you didn't know what was going to happen. And as a player, you're powerless in that instance because the game took a hold of you and there's no way you can back out of it. So you just know you're along for the ride. And like, you know, sure, you could just kind of back away, turn down the volume, close your eyes, but that's not the part of horror games. Like, you know, that whole like sequence, Brandon and I were just sitting next to each other in this dark room, just like enthralled of like what's about to happen, you know, just ready to get scared. And like, you know, I think with any horror game, you could easily cheat your way out of it by, you know, doing whatever to make the scares less pronounced. Uh, but like, I don't know, it's just being in it and that immersive kind of atmosphere that that particular moment, but also other moments in the game have that I think this game just did so well. Um, no, I'm with you. And just kind of making you enthralled. That bar was really yeah, cool. I agree. Yeah, I actually agree. Like, I think that they did scares okay. really well. It's like, it's a case study in how to do spooks and scares and, and how to get you. Um, I personally don't like that, um, and I'm happy for other people who do. This game's probably for them, and it's not for me. And I wish they had maybe leveraged that or done something with it or, or gone anywhere with it, and I didn't feel that they did. Um, so that's my that's my critique. It's not so much that they didn't do scares well. It's that like scares aren't interesting to me beyond like a surface level. Like I'm impressed with how they did the scares, but I'm not impressed. That's about the extent of it, you know? Yeah, I kind of agree with Adam. I did think that this game had some cool visuals, and I do think they perfected the art of the jump scare. I just think, like, that's not really my cup of tea, and I don't find that truly... Like, it's not something I'm going to have nightmares over. Whereas what I... Like, this game was labeled as psychological horror, and I like a good psychological thriller. But the key part of that is psychological, in that my brain has to start actively imagining things to start scaring me about it. And that's what that book, The Murder of Roger Ackroyd, did, where it pulled out from under me like my perception of what reality was. And so I started being like, oh no, what can I trust? And that's what I wanted this game to do as well. Like I wanted to maybe have this guy be more of an unreliable narrator where he starts off, you know, just seeming like a bereaved husband and father and then you start uncovering these pieces of like oh maybe he isn't such a good guy and then you start uncovering this horror more and more and you realize oh he's the the true evil all along but the game never truly seems to condemn him like all of the endings are just like oh well either you keep painting or you die or whatever I don't know but like your family is just a prop to you. Everyone loves a good redemptive self-immolation after having done nothing to, like, actually improve the situation for those around you. I don't know. It just seemed kind of sympathetic to him, and I didn't appreciate that. I wanted it to, like, truly condemn him by the end. Hmm. Like, you, you mentioned that the, the family are basically, like, 
the wife is a, a would you would you say would you call the wife a sexy lamp <laughs> yeah um oh, a sexy yeah. lamp yeah it's a a trope where can you replace this woman with a sexy lamp and have her purpose still be the same i mean a sexy lamp ghost that like murders you murders you and breaks your neck <laughs> I mean, but like she doesn't okay. have a character, right? Like she just is. Boys into the sexy lamp. He's ready for it, dude. I love sexy lamps. Again, I think, and and I think this is where walking simulator, and and this is kind of where I guess we stray on the walking simulator front, because I actually found the wife to be. Like, for, for somebody who, like, whose only appearance in the game is, like, a voiceless ghost. So, like, for the most part, she is, like, an absent character in the game. But, like, a lot of the letters that she writes really bring to light a lot of her character. And that brings, you know, forward a lot of her thoughts about, you know, postpartum depression and you know, trying to take care of a child when you have an alcoholic husband. The fact that she left him, but then this department store fire forces her to have to be back into his care. And then just this, you see her notes just spiraling downward into this just utter, like, you know, just how angry she gets because she's now, you know, in a wheelchair, but forced to be with this, you know, guy who is so engrossed in his work like, I felt there was more in her letters that spoke to her character, maybe more so than I think is given credit for. I think that's probably true, and I think part of that is I missed a lot of the letters, and that's because, I, like I said earlier, I got tired of opening all the drawers and cabinets to just not be rewarded that frequently. And so I think if I was able to discover more of that I would have liked that more, but it felt like, I don't know, it added so much extra time to try and be like, okay, I want to look at all of the drawers first. Now I'm going to trigger the jump scare. Now I'm going to move to the next room. First, I have to open all the drawers, see if I can find all the letters. Okay, now for the next jump scare. Yeah, you know, it's like, I feel like that's maybe like the core of it. If we're talking about like the difference in people's experiences it's like i feel like these games and specifically this game but but walking somebody's in general it's like they give more like the and the more they give is like you have to also give so it's like you have to be interested so if you're not interested and you're not picking it up then you know it's it's gonna it's gonna fight a losing battle against itself by not giving you the the key extra pieces of development you know like it's just it's like a losers lose cycle out of that because like uh at least for me right like i look at a game like this and i especially a scary game like this and i realize that like i have to invest in it in order for it to work and i accept that and i do that intentionally and willingly despite the fact that i don't really like scary games and it's going to potentially be a problem for me but um i do it because i could turn the lights on for example in my room and it would be less scary uh, but I don't because I want to like set up the circumstance for the game. And like, I could, I did that. Yeah. And like, fair enough, you know, you can control your own <laughs> environment totally. Um, but it's, it's interesting. Like if you contrast between Gabe's play style and my play style, uh, like 
Gabe is like very cavalier, like when he plays like all games. Like he is like the dude who's practically bunny hopping around and disrespecting people, and he's throwing objects at people's faces while they're doing cutscenes. You know what I mean? Like giving dialogue, and he just doesn't give a fuck. And that in this game is a great defense against being scared. And and it was interesting to watch because I was like, oh, he like he has a defense against this, despite the fact that we're in a dark room, despite the fact that we're wearing headphones, despite the fact that, you know, all that other stuff. Um, but it's interesting if you contrast that to me, like I very much immerse myself in the game, like intentionally so. And I as pic- essentially picture as if I was in the game. Like I play it on a large television. I make sure that the light lighting matches and then I slowly walk through the game and i slowly open the doors and i slowly open all the chests or the drawers and i try to see what's in them and i just like essentially slowly run my hand over the world in this game trying to feel it and see what it does and i think that's i I think it's easy for a game like this to think that the jump scares are really good and and analyze them and that's totally reasonable but i actually think what it's it's more of the general unease that allowing yourself to be in this world like brings to you that I think this game really does well. For instance, if I'm scared by my neighbors dropping something, which they do essentially every day, (laughs) um, (laughs) they they do furniture up there. Like they literally are interior designers up there. So they move furniture every single day uh, in and out. They're like, their house is like a warehouse for them because it's a small business. And so it's constantly, there's noise from there. But yesterday when I was playing, that scared me. But it scared me not because they did a really good job at scaring me. It's because the background uh, tension that this world was able to bring when I let myself meet it at its terms was really high. And it made me really on edge. And that, I don't particularly like that experience, but that is the beauty of it to me, is that when I gave to the game and I immersed myself in the game, it made me incredibly uneasy and it made and, and i think that lends to all sorts of the different scares including just things like zoe saying that she likes when she turns around and the, the the room changes behind her that is something that affects you really deeply if you are invested in the room that you've just walked through if you're invested in checking each corner to make sure it's not going to scare you and then knowing and essentially like you know praying that when you turn around it's not going to jump you because you're you're in it you're invested that layout makes sense to you because you're building it out in your mind so it it's just I, I think we're really seeing like the difference between you know someone who's playing on discord with his friends which is as every right to do but like that that's going to take you out of this game uh and it's going to then lessen its power and i think you could sort of like has been mentioned before i think you could do that essentially all the way up till a scary game doesn't scare anyone you know if you turn the sound off turn the lights on and don't play it or (laughs) or like i don't know that's too extreme but you know what i mean it's it really is like i don't like scary games but i met this game on its level and i gave it the benefit of the doubt and the and the respect that i thought it wanted and it i think was really effective at what it did to my mindset and just overall tension level when i when i did that so again, I'm not saying that like that they didn't do tension well or that they didn't do scares well. Like I think they really did. And the thing is, is that's not something I'm interested in, and so I chose to turn it off. Um, and like, yeah, people have defense mechanisms against this, and they can't engage them. I don't think that necessarily lessens the work in the sense that like 
Okay, perhaps this game is actually just a big pile of jump scares and that was the entire point. That's actually kind of my thesis on this game. Um, and since that's not something I'm interested in, like, you know, if I turn off that, if, if I turn that off by, you know, engaging those defense mechanisms, keeping the lights on and talking to my friends on Discord and shit talking this game and trying to guess what jump scare gets, gets me next, like, then there's nothing left. Like, this game doesn't engage with, like, the psychological aspects that you kind of want it to, you kind of want a psychological horror to do. It doesn't have sticking power with, for me, like, you know, good horror to me, like, sticks with you and gets you thinking and, like, kind of hangs onto your shoulder when you go to bed at night. I think that's more impressive, and this game didn't do that. Um, even, like, I came prepared in my first session, um, like, I kept the lights off and I was alone when I was playing it. Um, it, I got bored. Um, I started seeing where all the things were going and I was like, all right, I've seen this bit already. Let's keep going through this and not get bogged down with this and move on and see if this game has anything else to offer. Let's see if it explores the concept other than just a hall, like a spooky hallway. Yeah. But I, I totally see what you're, what you're, what you're saying. And I don't mean to like, like attack your perspective in any way i i just am saying that i think if you if you imagine like you had a bunch of dials and you could control your experience and so one of the dials is how invested you are in the game and how much that frightens you basically and you're like dude i fucking hate this dial dialing it back i think that is the struggle that we all are encountering this month and will all encounter is that that's in some sense, one aspect of a month like this is that dial. And I think all of us kind of hate that dial to varying degrees. Um, but Except Zoe, who seems to quite enjoy spooky games. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I'm trying to pinpoint it, really, because I'm just somebody who does not like horror in the slightest. Like, I didn't get out of the second room in Amnesia, The Dark Descent. But, like, for a game like this, I was able to get through it and complete it. And I do I do question what my motivations were and, like, why I was able to connect with this game on such a level that clearly other people in this group have not connected on. Because it's and a walking like, sim. <laughs> Is that it's supposed to be more... Just a psychological, right? Like I it think is Amnesia... more of a psychological horror. Mm -hmm. And I think this game is mislabeled as psychological horror. I don't think it's a psychological horror. I wouldn't even say it's like I, I definitely just think it's walking simulator horror in that aspect. But Yeah, I think so too. Like I mean it was it just... was unsettling for me to walk around in this environment in a psychological Yeah manner i would say so like it and it got me into the frame of mind that i was like absolutely terrified by like just random shit um but also i'm like very susceptible to that mm -hmm. um and even when i turned on the lights and took my headphones off and continued playing the game like i wasn't screaming anymore but i was definitely still scared by stuff um, to the point of like shaking my mouse around, which is my main defense against yeah. jump scares. You turn the monitor <laughs> off and <laughs> <you're> shaking. 
<laughs> no, if, if, no. If you shake like, your mouse at it real hard, it will go away. Did you know? Exactly. Yeah, that's, I think, and also uh, button mashing. Yeah, holding mouse one typically. Just like, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, like, I, I think that it, it is kind of psychological, like, but it's not, like, to the extent that other games are. Um, but also, I mean, I don't know, um, like, it's certain aspects of the story definitely connected with me on, like, on an unsettling level, like, um, opening up, uh, like, random containers and just finding them full of empty liquor bottles, Mm -hmm. like, that's a real thing. That Mm -hmm. alcoholics just do that. Mm -hmm. Um, they put liquor bottles wherever there is space. And, and to, to see that was like unsettling and like kind of struck close to home, even though none of my direct family are, are alcoholics. I, I know people that, and that used to like, be personal relations. Um, no, like, like, like family of family. No, I mean, I, I used to do that. Really? Oh, you used to do yeah. that? Oh, okay. I thought you said that used to be. No, no, no. Yeah. Did you find it unsettling to yeah. see the bottles everywhere? Or I mean, I didn't quite do like the bottles everywhere, but as someone who has suffered with alcohol addiction, I can empathize yeah. with the character. Mm-hmm. And yes, I, I have seen the case of... I mean, my uncle used to do that. When I had to clear out his apartment after he died, there was empty liquor bottles or half-filled liquor bottles everywhere. Wow. Right. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it- and so, like, I mean, they definitely did, you know, understand that aspect of, you know, the character pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't disagree that it was like a, a, a jumble of jump scares and spooks, but they all worked on me. Um, and, and I hated it. <laughs> Reasonable. <laughs> Reasonable. This is a man who knows what he likes and knows what he doesn't like. Well, I think that's also the difference for me between this game and a game like uh, The Long Dark, hmm. where I don't think that game is really classified as horror, but I found it really psychologically disturbing because you just play as this person who has to survive in the like Canadian wilderness all alone, and it's winter time, and you could starve you can freeze i think there's wolves that can't attack you but most of the time you're just alone and when i was playing that game i was terrified that something was going to happen but nothing ever happened and so that was all in my head whereas this game Mm. i was just like oh another jump scare okay moving on so like yeah i was startled in that moment but i wasn't like really afraid of anything I think this game would have been improved dramatically if had it been shorter. Because, like, I think we all, by the end, got habituated to the jump scares. Maybe perhaps not James. Um, no. But, like, yeah, I was just, like, ready for him towards the end. I was like, all right, what 
what shivering, creepy baby painting is going to be right in my gob when I turn around? Oh, okay. It's it's a Rembrandt or whatever. I like, mean, I walked up to jump scares and I was like, oh, fuck, this is going to be a jump scare. And then I would walk into it and get scared. I'm so like, sorry, James. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> you know like it's like I, I feel like this game would have been improved by being shorter because like you know the empty drawers like they could have condensed a lot of that um like the story could have also been i think condensed because there's a lot of too much negative space um the jump scares they like ran out of tricks like they they do variations on them but like you would get to know what's coming next and it's like oh okay this is a room where i just have to wait Oh, this is room I have to spin around. They did that trick three or four times by now. I just gotta give it, do a little twirl. Um, and it, you just get used to it. Like this game, <laughs> brevity is the soul of wit. <laughs> like your game doesn't need to be, you know, I guess how long to beat says three hours. It took all of us. Took me five hours. Okay. Four or five, six yeah. hours. It's um, six like, chapters, roughly yeah, an hour each. So like, yeah, about six hours. And I think like, like when it when it comes to horror and then also trying to do a story like it was clear that each chapter of the story that he like each each chapter was themed in a way and probably some of those chapters could have been condensed together like i think we could have like easily condensed i don't know like the chapter showing marital struggles along with the whole fire chapter of the wife getting disfigured like maybe that could have been condensed into one section but they do try to split out like different sections of the artist's life you know from you know his marital problems to the fire to the you know just all about the kid who then just later gets tossed away because that poor child, you know, now that is a psychological case I want to examine is that poor mm-hmm. child. Well, that's what the DLC um, is about, right? Am I tripping? But, Isn't that about the kid? Yeah, Inheritance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Inheritance is only like a 45-minute DLC, which you play as the child coming back to the house, you know, supposedly after, you know, your dad burns himself on a pyre of your mother's self-portraits but um but yeah like each chapter was themed in a sort of way and each chapter was supposed to end with you know another part that we haven't talked about on the podcast yet but like at the end of each chapter you collect a piece that is supposed to be added to your portrait and they're all pieces of a human body Mm -hmm. and it's posed at the very beginning of it might be you that's doing it to yourself. Like the first thing's like a, you know, some, you know, a patch of skin and the way he describes, you know, flaying the skin, you think, oh, it's himself, do- it's him doing to it to himself because, you know, booze is keeping your hand steady and like, you know, then there's a vial of blood and finally there's the eyeball and you realize like, I mean, you knew before then, but that's the real nail on the coffin of like, oh shit, he's cutting up his wife to paint her own self-portrait. This is really weird and unsettling. But like, I think that was, 
I don't even know where I was going with this whole tangent. I guess the point is, like, yes, the game could have been shortened, but I could understand why the developers cut it in the way that they did, because they needed to theme each chapter as a section of the artist's so, life. Sure, just make each chapter 15 minutes. I think that would have dramatically improved so, the game. So hear me out on this. I, I, Yeah, I definitely think it could be shortened a little, but I'm, I'm actually curious if anyone else had this experience that I had, which was that it was kind of in two acts. In the sense, the first, it's like, maybe like everyone else, to some degree, I got a bit habituated to the scares, but I actually thought that that kind of served the game in the sense that, like, the first half was, like, intentionally scary in, like, a horror way, like you might think, and then the second half was more like a visual feast of, like, all these slow motion things, and, like, you're looking up into this crazy, like, never-ending, like, ceiling like tower type thing and like it's just like the world and and your mind are like really 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 unraveling and i didn't really feel like it needed necessarily to be scary at that point but more that like that was the point where you really get to start diving into stuff and you get to start seeing the craziness on screen um which i thought was like visually beautiful like really 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 hit like they had a bunch of set pieces that i thought were really nice so it's actually like i i'm kind of i wasn't really like expecting and i'm actually glad that there wasn't as much effective scare towards the end because i was able to actually like really then start to engage with like i felt like the second half of that sort of story and game i don't know if anyone else felt that way but i i definitely got that sense playing through fair enough um but no but like yeah <laughs> i mean i i agree i was i was waiting for other people because i just don't like this game but yeah fair enough uh, <laughs> but i mean that was like the one part that i did enjoy was um like the study uh where there aren't really scares except for like things kind of falling off the walls which is fine mm -hmm. um like the the study yeah. in that room where like the the checkers game is going on like it's not scary but it's interesting and you're watching it like happen in front of you and there's i mean they played with slow motion so well in this game i don't know why i love that like slow motion and gravity put together but i just fucking love it like when the crayons are falling from the sky or when the checkers pieces are falling from the sky and you're just you're just soaking that in and they have such beautiful light in this game like in all like all the hallways and not only do you live by it to turn on every light but also when they do show it the shadows are so strong and powerful like it's mm. it's just they really had a lot of visual set pieces towards the end that that I thought were like, that it would have been so much lamer if they had just been effectively really scary all the time. And I think they just sort of moved away from that. Like, and it's partially your understanding of what the game has to offer and it doesn't have to offer anything more in the scare department, but I think that's actually like in its benefit. Hmm. I think, I think you're kind of right there, yeah. I mean, they certainly could have just, like, had those sections not be, like, they just didn't need to include scares in those sections, right? Like, they could have had that, they could have allowed that to be negative space, um, in, with regards to the scares, at least, and just had these cool visual set pieces. Like, the scene when you're in the, in the basement, and there's a bunch of um, dust-sheeted furniture, and, you know, you walk around there, and the dust sheets kind of dissolve as you approach them, and... Then you play the piano and everything starts floating up. And it's one of those like real slow burn kind of things where like um, you're just waiting for things to 
happen around you and all the furniture starts floating around. It's like, yeah, it's kind of neat. And you like shove, shove some shared chairs into the walls and it's like, yeah, I'm playing soccer with chairs. And then, then you get back to your regularly scheduled scaring. But um, did anybody else not find the like light switches in any of the parts that it was super dark until like the very end and just like bump into everything in the dark? <laughs> Because I didn't find any light switches until I was leaving the room. Typically, they were the first light switch that I... Sometimes, but they're pretty hard to find because they were small and dark. Yeah, they would be, like, slightly lit, but not a lot. Yeah, typically, they were, like, when you walk in the door, like, where you would imagine a light switch to be, like, right to your right or something like that. And if they weren't there, you're in fucking trouble. And that's, like, half the rooms. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I just turned up the brightness because, like, they never, ever do that right. They're, like... You should turn the slider so that it's like you can't see this picture very well. And then like you do that and you start playing the game and you're like, I have no fucking clue where I am. And so you go into the menu and you just amp it up all the way because it's like, great, now I can understand like how to not navigate directly into walls the entire time. So that's time. like, I think that really is like, again, back to the knob. Like for instance here, like we turn the lights off, I turn the darkness up, I guess, or the brightness down. And I also turn the black levels up on my television as well. So there were certain rooms where, yeah, you were lost. And I, I liked that, actually. Like, I remember there was one particular room where you have to navigate by the light that you uh, give off to the wall. So you have to, like, skirt around the wall in order to actually make it through. Um, and you have to just trust. You have to trust your memory of the room layout, which is something they fuck with a lot. And so you're not totally sure if it's still there, but you just have to trust it. And you can all you can see is like a corner and then like maybe like a piano or something like that. And so you're just trying to anchor yourself on that. And I, I like that plenty in the darkness. I mean, it's terrifying. Uh, and it's also like harder to navigate. But I think it really is all playing into that sort of unease. Like I, I gave them the tool to turn the lights off in a legitimate way to me in my gameplay. And I, I think I think they used it well. For me, like, I couldn't, like, I was just straining. It was, like, painful to me to, like, Mm -hmm. try and look at cabinets. So that's why I upped it, because it was just like, this is bad for my health. Yeah, I do. I do wonder if my eyes hurt a little (laughs) bit afterwards. No lie. (laughs) (laughs) Just because, like, televisions can't do black super well, unless you have a really nice new one, which I do not. And they, like, have those, like, crazy, I don't know what they're called, OLEDs or something. But, like, other than that, the black in televisions is actually a light that is shining at you. So it just can never truly represent darkness without this like a weird strain you have to do. So that's just like, I feel like a limitation of tech. Um, mm. I also just feel like those sliders are always ambiguous when it's just like, until you can barely see the symbol and you're like, by barely, what <laughs> yeah. do you mean exactly? <laughs> like, do you but, mean but like, they- if I strain my eyes, barely see it? Or do you mean like, relaxed eyes can barely see it so usually i just like slide it like a couple notches like above what i would normally deem yeah. like barely visible <laughs> that seems to be okay yeah gabe and i spent some yeah. time tuning it like to make it like just fucking dark like really dark like i i don't know i would never do that for essentially another game you know like because like we literally you know then later we played gears of war and I, where i have it like very visible so i can see all the enemies that are headshotting me but in this particular game it was like all right fine <laughs> If you're going to play this and, and their, their lighting was so, so good in this game. Like I, in my opinion, it just like, it spoke a lot. Like it made the hallways really creepy uh, when you'd see light from the window and the shadows and stuff like that. Like that just like the way that light was just so white. It was so white. Um, it was just, I don't know. I, I loved it from that aspect. 
So I, I, I let them play with the light. You know what I mean? Like, because like, you know, you could go gaming monitor settings, right? Where you just like up the contrast a million and then you can like headshot the your wife from across the room or something. But, uh, <laughs> got the ghost. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you not get the double barreled shotgun early Dude, in the game, what, James? That makes the game a lot easier. Gabe. Dude, that's what? That's game. That's no, no. fair. I was like, he was like, why are you going over here? Obviously, the game wants you to go left. And I'm like, because here's where the rocket launcher is, my friend. And we got to get it early. <laughs> dude one thing that did did bother me a little bit in this game was it's like you go into a hallway and there's like four doors and you're like if you go through the correct so to speak one then it just like slams behind you and haha now you're in the next room and it's like wait but i didn't want to i wanted to open the drawers and find that there's nothing in them i wanted to do that did you that's a side thing i at least once i got like trapped out of a room that i wanted to explore further because I just chose the wrong nondescript hallway to enter. Yeah, I def- that definitely happened to me, but I also sort of just like accepted it. But what you know what was hilarious about this game? There was actually one instance, I think, in this game, perhaps two, where they use the tension that they're building, which is like you need this release. As a human, you're getting agitated. And you're like, okay, okay, like I'm, I'm nervous, I'm uncomfortable, like, and scare. That's a release in a sense. Uh, and that's how they use and can build scares a lot. But in this case, they used it for humor. I don't know if anyone caught this or if it was funny to everyone else. Maybe I'm just like a sick motherfucker. But Gabe and I were fucking howling. I mean that too. Which, what? Yeah, you think that's it? Fair enough. I said, I mean that too. Yeah, that's possible. So here's what happens, right? It's when you're chasing the kid in the hall, like in the hallways and you can like constantly chase them. <laughs> and if you don't chase them, if you don't chase them and you go straight into the hallway that eventually like blacks out if you choose to follow the kid but if you don't you go in and the kid just runs across your visual and straight into a fucking cabinet like head first knocks off and just like bounces (laughs) off in this like most ridiculous possible thing and because the tension was so intense at that point gabe and i just fucking howl like it was so funny (laughs) holy shit so there's there's a funny part with that because that whole the kid running and banging against the cabinet is triggered by a particular like it, it's basically triggered by like a certain like I guess section of panel that you walk by it's triggered by a walk so literally if you strafe back and forth in that area you just see countless kids what? running and banging <laughs> against the cabinet that's incredible oh, <laughs> so that's it's funny that you say that because like yeah like it, it was such like a funny comical like i i honestly want to pick the developers brains on why they w- thought that that like because as far as i've seen with any playthrough and just talking to anybody that section just makes people laugh out loud and i'm just so curious what the developers were thinking and having that kid just bang against the cabinets just because yeah it's just kind of one of those things where you're like kind of terrified because there's a screaming kid but then it just hits the cabinet and does this like kind of noise and you're like wait it's like imagine (laughs) like like imagine the wife character like trying to kill you and tripping and face planning like that's like essentially what this is you're just like what the fuck aren't you the demon like what the hell just happened like you're scared of this thing and then it just like face plants and dies in front of you and you're like what what hello like what god it was so funny like after but like but it was great like because then after that we were just fucking like 
on cloud nine for like i swear like two minutes just walking around and it was like trying to scare us and shit but i was like dude and then they like there's like another kid scene that's not quite as face planty but it's just hilarious in the context of the face plant oh my god brilliant brilliant i think <laughs> should I think we, we call i think it? we should call it sure all right fuck this game mm-hmm. james is going first the tears. Yeah, here, let me just let me just yeah, <laughs> I was gonna well, say I'll play this real quick for everyone, you know? <laughs> the tyranny of thumbs. <laughs> and then we'll add on top of that, fuck this game. Um just like one more clip to add <laughs> <in there. laughs> So James. But that's actually perfect. It's like two extremes. The giggle, meaning I really liked it. Just the negative. Fuck hey, this game. <laughs> since we're always in constant war about like what the rating system is, can we have a James-based rating system? How many giggles out of <laughs> Zoe thinking, singing Tyranny of Thumbs? How many it? giggles out of fuck this yeah, game? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Do you give this game a giggle or a fuck this game? <laughs> I give this game two fuck this games. Oh, nice. In a row. <laughs> pretty high score in in with elevating like loudness like fuck this game fuck this game (laughs) uh like because that was me a lot in this game Uh, i'm still like slightly tense from having played this game last night me too um and that's not i'm really proud of you for playing it james i mean i got through it and I painted a picture of my wife that then was like pretty for like a second and then like her face got burned off. And uh, and then I threw it onto a pile of other pictures of my wife with her face burned off. And um, it was kind of unsettling. And then it just threw me into the mansion again. And I was like, oh, please tell me this game is just actually over. And, uh, and you, it like gives you the ability to explore the mansion. And, um, I really, I was like, all right, do I have to leave? And I tried to like exit the mansion and that didn't work. So I quit. And then I went back in to be like, but I am done though. Right. And it went back to the beginning of the last chapter, and I was like, oh, fuck. Not doing that again. And closed the game and uninstalled it. Fuck this game. Reasonable. <laughs> Reasonable. Uh, minus one thumb. Minus one thumb. One anti-thumb. Some say that James yeah. is still painting that painting to look. this day. Yeah, exactly. That's what I had heard. Or are they still playing Destiny 2? <laughs> or that. Oh. I, the comedic timing of James playing Destiny 2 was was on the level of funny as the baby. Like, like don't lie. Also, one really troll thing. Yo, when I when I closed this game, I was like, I need to do something that will get me out of this headspace so that I can go to sleep and not have nightmares. Yeah. So I turned on Destiny 2. Yeah. One funny thing about the end, I will say really quickly, is that if you get... I watched all the endings and... If you get a different one than I got, maybe it's the wife ending, but maybe it's, I think it's the wife ending. As you, as you go to throw that painting, like onto this other paintings and then light it on fire, etc. It's like, 
or maybe it was our ending. I don't remember. But the point of the story is one of the endings that we watched, there's like a book on the ground in the middle of an uncontrollable cutscene, and it does that flash, like it's interactable. And oh I was god. so fucking mad watching that. Like, oh my god, what? <laughs> Why can't I pick that up? <laughs> yeah, no, like you can go back. So James, if you get your looping ending, you can go back into the room and like look at a little interactive credits book or something yeah, I, like that. I, I didn't get to that. see it, but it did flash tantalizingly in front of me, and I was like, can I? Nope. Okay, this is a cutscene, and then it just never goes back in the game ends. Yep. Neat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Negative one thumb. Sick. Yeah. How many neats would you give this game? Yeah, exactly. Gabe, how many neats would you give this game? Uh, I'll give it a neat. <laughs> Reasonable. I guess, do you want me actually to go give yeah, my... Yeah, yeah, okay, like, yeah. We haven't heard much from you, so what do you think, man? Uh, I actually... So, I don't mean this to sound like a brag or anything, but I was not scared at all for this entire game. Yep. I, I witnessed was, it. Yeah, it was, it was... I wasn't scared by it. None of the jump scares were scary. However, I did actually really enjoy playing this game. Hmm. I thought it had a cool enough concept for the story, and it killed it in the like visual department. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the lighting was good, um, and I think this did the the transitions really well. Um, and then jumping into like the really out there stuff, like like Zoe mentioned, with going into the child's room and then. You know, the room spins and just turns into kind of a black void and you just alternate between like a, I can't remember, it was like a painting and then like that big doll like getting closer to you, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and I was, you know, I wasn't scared, but the whole time I was going through like, this is really cool. I want to see more. And yeah, so I'd give it, um, I guess I'll give it a thumb mm-hmm. for not being scary, but it was really cool to play through and see how they did things and yeah yeah awesome um Linnea as a contrast to that I, I don't know I don't know why I would set you up like that you tell me your thoughts unrelated to my setup <laughs> um well, I was disappointed by this game I wanted it to be more psychological cerebral like pulling out the rug from under my perceptions of reality. And I didn't do that. Instead, I just got a bunch of startling jump scares, which did startle me, and I think they were well done. But by the end of chapter one, and McCoy, you will see this in the video that I sent you, I just started becoming belligerent and started just yelling at the game because I was like, oh, this painting, you're just going to like explode into a bunch of fruit, aren't you? And then it exploded into a bunch of fruit, and I was like, I knew it. I still screamed, but I knew it. <laughs> um, so, like, that's not particularly scary to me. It's startling, for sure. And let's see, in the between the prologue and chapter one, I got jump scared a total of eight times. I kept a tally. Um, and then I didn't keep track after that, because after that, I made Dan play with me. And I was like, Dan, will you please control this game? Because I just don't want to um so we played the rest of it together um i didn't really like that they uh said essentially well that they named schizophrenia as something that the main character probably has and then you go on and then the game kind of confirms it 
because I think that's pretty irresponsible and is just kind of fear-mongering. And since a lot of media has been doing that, that's why uh, our society has started being afraid of mentally ill people. And as a psychology major, I just can't really condone that. Um, um, I also did not appreciate that the main character who is pretty abusive, is never condemned by the end of the game. And in fact, I read the the summary of the DLC and that follows the daughter in the house going around and you can either forgive your dad or not forgive your dad. And if you don't forgive your dad, then you burn in a fire and you die. Um, whereas if you forgive your dad, then you essentially turn into your dad. And I just think that's also not great because again it's just kind of like oh poor dude he was just misunderstood genius tortured soul um and i don't think that's very responsible either because you know he was a pretty awful person and he was abusive to his wife and child and that's not condemned like i said um oh yeah dan wanted me to give you their verdict and i quote it does the opposite of slap. It does not um, slap. No, it does the opposite of slap, according it to It anti-slaps. It just doesn't, it, do, it doesn't simply not slap. Wait, does it that make it like jazz or what are we talking about here? <laughs> um, this is the smooth jazz. Yeah, it's about the slaps games. that you don't play. Wait, what is happening here? Um, okay. Oh yeah, and then last thing, I like Adam said, I felt like it was too long and I wanted to be rewarded more for being meticulous about opening drawers and cabinets and everything. And I didn't feel like I was rewarded enough because it did feel like it was like every 10th drawer, maybe there was something in it, but it was also hard to tell if I could pick something up or not. So I eventually just kind of stopped because I wasn't getting rewarded. And So in conclusion, I give this game a thumbs down. An anti-slap. An anti-slap. An anti-slap. Um, Counter-slapped. Sweet. Uh, Adam, you want to go? Similar? Why am I prefacing sure. everyone? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Adam, here's your opinions. I, I, I want to go, go away from this okay. game. Um, so, okay. It's like, I kind of covered a lot of it earlier, but like, okay. This game is titled Layers of Fear, which kind of promises in some ways in a very small way, perhaps, multiple layers. But really, there's one layer, and that layer is just fear. And it's not even actually very good fear. It's just like, boo, ba, 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 gotcha, ha, 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 bookman. Like, it's, there's, <laughs> they don't use it as a tool. It's just like, a, it's a case study in jump scares. And they do the jump scares well. It's good stuff, but they do too much of it. They go on far too long. You end up learning all their tricks. Um, like, by the end of it, I couldn't really have not turned off because, like, humans notice patterns. We're really good at that, sometimes way too good at that. And, like, I was able to see their tricks coming from a mile away. And it there was way too many of that. It was too empty. They didn't target things. Or, well, they didn't, like, get into anything interesting. Um, it was just a bunch of jump scares. It was a hallway of jump scares. That was this entire game. Um Oh, well, with the bonus points of, again, demonizing mentally ill people and people who have disfigurements um, and, like, other various vulnerable, disadvantaged people. Um, and it's like, that's super not great. And I know that that's really common in horror, 
Um, but just because something is common doesn't mean it's fine. So, like, an anti-slap for that. <laughs> um, I just, like, I have to keep mentioning that because to not condemn a game for doing that is, like, I don't agree with doing that. Um, so it's just, like, they did the jump scares well. Um, but that's it. Like, it was kind of empty past that. Um, I don't really think that this game, it's maybe worth playing an hour and a half of. Um, but after that point, you've seen it all, really. So I would give this game half a thumb down, a thumbs down. Yeah, I'll do a thumbs down on this. Meh, at tops. The slaps is just making me laugh. I'm sorry. It's, not- it's like the such the inappropriate time. You're like condemning the game for its <laughs> mental illness, and you just say slap, and it just fucking laugh. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I'll I'll go. Uh, you know, I I I don't know. I see this game very differently um, from I think a lot of people's uh, perspective here. I I, um, I think it has. Okay, let's start with this. I don't really like jump scares, and even though this game is good at jump scares, that's probably my least favorite part about this game, and yet I still think this game is really, really good. I think it has a lot more to show outside of the jump scares, and I think that's where its strengths really uh, lie, whether that's in the set design, which changes and fucks with your expectations, or the unsettling nature that you have just playing through it. Like I think that's where the, the beauty of this game really is is it's it's not really in the jump scares and i could totally see the jump scares making people kind of disconnect from the game um and like that's totally legit fuck jump scares but like i actually think this game would be just as i don't know if it'd be just as good without the jump scares but i think it would be very 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 good without the jump scares too because i really do think they're like the smallest like a, a small really small part of this game actually truthfully in the in the totality of it because i think it really is about like lavishing or i I guess it's really like what i mean to say is like relishing in all of the the beauty of the game and the creepiness and the just the house itself and and the creaks and the sound of stepping on glass and just if you let yourself be immersed in this game it has so much in my opinion to give you outside of the jump scares they just happen to also use that immersion to to hit you with that um so I, I really enjoyed seeing, like, I, you know, whether or not it's an accurate portrayal of anything, I really enjoy people playing with sanity in games and in horror. Like, I, I like that because I am scared of losing my sanity, like, at all times. Like, you know, it's like, I'm the dude who, like, jokingly asks people, like, if I was crazy, you would tell me, right? But, like, I actually am scared of that because, like, you live in your mind. And that's the the lens that you see the world through, and I am infinitely scared about anything that would that would change that in any way, for good or for bad, because it's kind of all I have. Um, and especially in the modern day where we've like really de-emphasized our physical bodies, like your mind is all you have. So like everything you do is through that lens, and so it's terrifying to think of it in different ways or to see it change. And sometimes it will, and sometimes you'll have to cope with that and deal, um, as I've experienced in my own life. Uh, so yeah, like the second half of this game with all the set pieces and the crazy, like looking up and like, you know, turning around and realizing that the ceiling, like I remember actually turning to, or Gabe turned to me because, so I was playing with controller, right. And he's playing with a mouse. And so I'm moving really slow through everything and trying to like do a really good job to like show all of the, 
the the game like you know and like frame it nicely and then he just grabs the mouse and flicks it up because he saw like this like a second painting on top of the first painting and he's like wait what the fuck is that and so our character just like does this flick quick up a quick flip up which scared the motherfucking out of me because i was used to controlling the game and it's just like looking up into that and just seeing the just like that total change uh and that vertical change specifically is just so nice so i don't know like i don't need to go into all the pieces but i just thought there was actually a lot of visual storytelling and even storytelling that i really appreciated in this game um so for me even though it's a jump scare game and i fucking hate those i think it still shines and i think i would still give it a two thumbs up Oh, shit. Hmm. Uh, sorry, do you want to end it? Okay. Man, I always realize I'm, like, the last one, because then I, like, go to, like, say the stuff, and I'm like, no, like, that was said, that was said, that was said. But it's okay. I guess I'll say it was said earlier that... A game called Layers of Fears has has no layers, and I disagree with that sentiment because I find that the layers in this game aren't actually the layers of scares in this game, but more like just the layers of a very dysfunctional family, and this game is simply a peeling back of all those layers, really delving down into why this family sucks because they all do horrible things to one another or to each other. And... I don't know. Like, as somebody who really likes walking simulators and someone who really takes the time to immerse herself in the atmosphere of the game, as well as goes through every nook and cranny, no matter how tedious, like, I really like that explorative part. And I think, you know, again, this, like, really goes to show the differences in all of our play styles that some of us can blaze through this and not really feel affected while others, you know, have different sentiments for that. Um, I think that's just, you know, the, what happens with walking simulators in general. It's why, you know, a lot of people will play Dear Esther and think it's a stupid, pretentious game while others will play it and find a profound piece of work. And Layers of Fear is one that I just really enjoyed playing. Um, you know, I did... I did like the ways that they portrayed the scares in this game, even though it was predictable in some aspects. I just like being that kind of scared. I I don't appreciate games that will have things come after me and chase me, but scares that come to me and scares that I don't have to worry about having to be a mechanical genius to get out of them. Like, that's that's my bread and butter. I like that a lot. Um, the you know the added on aspect that this game plays with art and being an art history, um, you know, someone who really likes art history, I really found you know the the symbolism of the artwork in this game to be really meaningful. You know, you've got your Judith beheading Holofernes as the wife being angry at the husband, whereas you also have Jupiter eating his son as a way to show the dad, like, devouring his child with his own, you know, cruelty. And I don't know. 
like all the symbolism in this game and it's stuff you really have to look for and it's stuff that the game's not going to exactly present to you and bludgeon you over the head with. It's stuff you really have to look for and really have to embrace. Um, it really makes this game special to me. And so for that, I'm going to give this game a two thumbs up. Like, I really like this game a lot and uh, it, it'll be... It'll probably be the only scary game of this type that I'll ever really play, but I really enjoyed it, and I think that counts for something. Awesome. Um, next week, yo, we are playing Detention. Please tell me I didn't fuck that up. We're playing Detention, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> You've lost your mind, McCoy. <laughs> you've gone insane oh, McCoy. Jesus. yeah see like that's some nightmare stuff right there um but uh yeah cool well thank you Th and i, I just want to say thanks everyone for submitting themselves at every level both really deep and really not deep into a genre and a style that is so out of our ordinary um i think adam said it really well like a million times over but it's like do you really want to press that scary button like i choose not to and like that is the power we all have is to choose not to and uh i give everyone a ton of credit and james especially a ton of credit for for trying and 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 going in there and it's tough man like it's this is a weird thing this is a weird month this is a weird thing and uh good for all of us for for doing that but uh you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see. I don't think anything else in this month is going to be anything close to this. I don't think. Um, I think this was our true test of... I, I think I think James failed hopes the that test. nothing will be like this. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's the other way. Like, if it's a test of bravery, you succeeded. <laughs> but, all right, let's leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, you finished it. <laughs> uh, great choice. Fuck this game. <laughs> Yeah, fuck this game. Let's get James. Let's get another good fuck yeah, this game. Get from a James clean audio clip. Sign off. Yo, but but for real though, fuck this game though. Fuck this game. <laughs> this game was so scary. I didn't like it. <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs>